0: Just before we go to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, the River Cree Resort Casino Excitement, bet on it. I'm going to dip into the Ashley Fine Floors text line for one text. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, This text comes to us from Randy. He says, Thanks, Louis, for straightening out Stauffer. Both Gabranson and Sherat bring a lot more to the table than Kulak. Well, but see, there's a thing, Randy. It's called the salary cap, and uh, I'm here to tell you that uh, Brett Kulak at 2.75 million, given the fact that he was the Oilers' best defenseman in the playoffs, had stopping uh, zone entries and stopping cycles. 2.7 million times four, as opposed to Eric Branson four times four, or Ben dollars 4.75 times four. I'll throw that out there to the listeners right now. I think Randy's wrong. I think Kulak's contract. I had some people suggest to me, Brett Kulak's contract could be the best free agent contract the owners have signed since Steve Stales was brought in by Kevin Lowe. I don't know about that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring Mark Spector into this conversation. Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. Presenting live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. For more info, head to thehorses.com. Hello, Mark Spector. How are you? So,
1: pretty good, Bobby. Sounds like you guys are having some fun already here on a Friday afternoon.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the horror movies in a second. But uh, So, would you rather have Sharat at 4.75 times 4, Gabranson, who played third-pairing minutes last year in Calgary at 4 million times 4, or Kulak, who many of the analytics-driven type uh, listeners to the show thought should have been playing higher in the Oilers' lineup last year in the playoffs at 2.75 times 4. What say you, Mark Spector? The floor is yours.
1: Well, in 2022, although I am still like you, Bob, a guy that values uh, some toughness, and I'm looking at the orders that line up, and they need some. But they got to find some somewhere. Uh, I like a guy uh, that can play, right? I think that, uh, let's put toughness aside, Kulak's uh, a better player than Branson. right? If if it's a 2-1 game and I don't want to get scored on, I'd rather have Kulak on the ice than Branson. I know he doesn't bring the toughness, and I know he's not as big and unruly, but that's what I'm telling you. So, I like the player, but I am going to say to you, Bob, uh, I mean, Sherrod, I think, is the best of that trio, is the best player in that group. But I will say to you, signing Kulak's awesome. He's four years here. 275 is a good number. Good guy. Good player. can really skate and play. But you've got to find some toughness somewhere to find if You've got to find some some abrasive players on your fourth line here or whether it's your third pairing or something. They can't go into the season uh, with the Vander Kane and Darnell, they sort of being their only rough and tumble guys. Any more than that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, some quick texts. Uh, Bob Brett Kulak's contract's incredible. Randy is as high as blank. Uh, John says Bob uh, Randy is wrong. I love Gabranson, but forget the money. I take uh, Kulak over Gabranson straight up. Uh, Ryan from Pinoca says. Randy is right. Stauffer, remember the time you promised seven Oilers wins or you would block slap shots of the nude? They lost seven straight. That one comes says, from Ryan and Uh I only remember the ones I get right, like when Speck picked Detroit in three. I've only mentioned that 8,433 times over the last <laughs> several years. Uh, uh, this one uh, comes in from Shep out of Sylvan Lake. He says, Bob, Brett Kulak was a steal. You can get toughness at 750000 for a fourth liner somewhere. Uh, and uh, Ray adds, we've got some beef coming on the back end uh, in Bakersfield. And there's a degree of truth to that. Uh, Spec, I do like it's my belief the owners are still looking for a couple more forwards, but I think they're looking for, and part of the reason why they're looking for a couple more forwards is I don't think they can keep both Yamamoto and Polyarvi if things go to full arbitration. Now, Here's where I'm going to put you on the spot, and we do have Hart Levine coming up a little bit later from Puckpedia. Uh-huh. If you were Marcus Leto, would you do a quick one-year deal with the Oilers and keep the price point down? Because that might, if you're trying to, you know, if you think everybody needs a fresh start with Jesse, instead of digging your heels in and getting two point three times or two times three point two five, would you maybe not be better off just doing a one-year deal, at say two and a half, two two five, two and a half? And then hoping the orders can flip that somewhere at some point to get your guys a fresh start. What do you well, think? An,
1: an impediment for this deal has clearly been the fact that the yes, SPORV has arbitration rights. So when I'm the acquiring team does not have AAV certainty on this player. And that's a hard guy to take whether he's making a million or five million. You've got to know what you're going to have to pay a guy. So. You know, what has the market told us, Bob? The market's told us that Ken Allen can't find what he wants for Yessipo He The kid's been on the market here for, you know, how long have they been out of the playoffs for? It's been over a month here. Um, and he's not moving. So Marcus Lato may decide that if he really... You know, if they want to be get a fresh start somewhere, he may have to take a hand in this and, and provide some cost certainty. So, what you're telling me is sign a deal for 2.25, for goal, uh any type of um, arbitration and any risk that for some reason you get three million bucks. Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me, but. You know what? Sometimes the players want it all. They want to move, they want to play in the top 6, they want to have keep open their arbitration rights. At some point here, if it's if yes, Army wants to play elsewhere, you might have to take part in the process a little bit.
0: All right. Uh, a couple more texts. This text comes in saying, "Hey Bob, I agree with you. Randy is far from being right. Most analytic models say that Kulak is worth near nearly 5 million while uh Sherrod is worth about two. Kulak's the better player. Again, you can text us at 780 496 0063. Craig says, Bob, uh, the owners are a skating team. That is why Kulak is so valuable. And I, I look, I think you and me, I got to tell you, Mark, I was pretty stoked when because there were good teams looking at Kulak Carolina Hurricanes, Colorado Avalanche. Now, once Manson got done in Colorado, probably took Kulak out of there burns the trade to Carolina, you know, maybe that changes the complexion of things. But I'm a big yeah. I'm I, I like Kulak. I like what he brought. And he's you know what? Between him and CC, CC turned out to be a pretty good signing. He could play top four minutes for you at three point two five. Anytime you're playing less than four million dollars, and I do think that Kulak can slide into Duncan Key's spot here, uh anytime you're spending less than four million for top four defensemen, it's a bargain.
1: Well, that's that's what we need to, we're need we going to find out, right? Can, you know, Kulak, can he carry the load as a top four guy for games one through games 82, you know, or, or will we find after 20 games well, maybe that's too big a load for, for Brett Kulak? I think he could do it. I know he did it in Montreal in the Canadian division, um, yeah. but he's generally not been charged. I think it's fair to say this, Bob. Brett Kulak hasn't entered many seasons as a top four defenseman in his career. This is right? this year he will be. And this year he will be. So I'm not here to tell you he can't do it. But what I am here to tell you is we probably haven't seen him do it yet. So let's watch and see. And you know what? I think he can do it. Uh, but I also come from the show me state a little bit. I guess I want to ask you this. What if he can't?
0: Well, Mark, here's here's where I'm gonna here's where I'm gonna go. I think he showed glimpses of it with Montreal when there were injuries a year ago, and this year, final four games of the regular season, and again in the playoffs when Nurse was suspended for the game. And yeah. so, and, and I look at CC. Nobody like we like the CC signing was absolutely land baseded when the Oilers did it, and by 25 games of the season, we're all like, all right, this makes sense with Cody CC. So,
1: so who land baseded it though? Right, who lambasted it? You know, let's. What we should be doing is taking names. Yeah. Right, who is it that says Brett Kulak's a five million dollar defenseman? I'd like to know who says that because there's thirty two GMs out there and none of their names are on yeah, that but, list.
0: but right? I I do think well. <laughs> hey, right? our, the hard the hardcore analytics community would tell you that Kulak would be capable of being a top four D man based on the numbers and the way okay. the game is moving. See it? Man, yeah, I'm not it.
1: saying they're wrong. I'm not saying um, they're wrong. Right, I am not saying they're on all right. it, and uh, I don't know who it is that's saying that he's a five million dollar defenseman. But I will say that a smart analytics team like supposedly uh, Carolina, and New Jersey's looking for a defenseman. Well, Carolina Colorado, was in
0: on him. Carolina was in on him. They offered not him paying a five million bucks, pal. No, no, no. They but they offered him a three year deal. They didn't offer him four. And right. Yeah. all right, Mark. Uh, so look, the overall body, you get Evander Kane done, and we talked about this briefly on Wednesday. You get Jack Campbell done, and you get Kulak done. And it's funny how the perception of Ken Holland has changed here with a lot of the more critical. We have a lot of guys that have called and texted the show over the last three days. Bob, I was wrong on Ken Holland. I thought he lost his basketball. It kind of looks like, and, and, and if I say it as a guy who works for the Oilers Entertainment Group, it looks a little bit self-serving. But the reality of the situation, Mark, is Ken Holland has a 620 points percentage as general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers are going to be a top eight team next year in the league. And one more for you. They got their last four. They got, you know, uh, Broberg, Holloway, Borgo, and now Schaefer, their last four number ones. They haven't traded away any of their number. Like, they've got some good prospects. Craig Button had all of those guys as A-list players when he did the Oilers board the other day, which means they're either top six forwards or top four defensemen. Um have you noticed that there's been a bit of a changing of the guard with some of the more harsher critics of Holland's body of work as a result? And, and how much of that was maybe how he handled the situation with Evander Kane and giving Dan Melstein the opportunity to get out there and go see what he could get?
1: Yeah, I think, I think getting Kane was, frankly, I found the Kane situation very confusing. And, and there is risk there. We don't know what's going to happen with this arbitration, right? You know, Holland admits, like, there is a chance that the arbiter gives them back to San Jose and the Orders don't have that player. So, you know, I applaud the GM for taking some risk and getting this done. I think the very best free agent forward out there, Bob, is the one that you know and then can play for your team. Now, I get it. There's always going to be risks with the Vander Kane based on his history. But, you know, guys like McDavid aren't easy to play with, guys like Crosby aren't easy to play with. So, we watch Kane, and we know it works. So getting Kane was a, a massive bit of work. And I'll say to you that, I, I, in my eyes, the best top goalie on the market that fit the Oilers best was Jack Campbell. I don't want a 32-year-old Darcy Kemper for five years until he's 37. Uh, he's got a huge injury history. I'm much happier with Jack Campbell. I get it. He's not Vasilevsky. I said it before. But you don't get the shot from the league, Bob. You get the shot from that summer's free agent crop. And in that crop, Jack pa- Campbell was the best guy. And then Yelan Kulak, so you know what? It's kind of funny. He's, he's bringing back some guys that he's had already, and people are saying, hey, what a smart GM. Well, he had those guys already on his team. He was, to me, that means he was smart already. <laughs> so it's good work. He's got a good team here, Bob. The Stanley Cup window is open in Edmonton now, and you know it's. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing yeah. how this thing plays out, pal.
0: And Mark, they have some decent. They have a decent pipeline of prospects. That's that's mm-hmm. the other thing. That's like they haven't sat there and you know moved Keep off. All away. Like we sit there and look at the two number twos for Athens CU from three years ago, and it's a frustrating trade. And hey, Colorado, yeah. Colorado traded two number twos and got Devin Tays and hit the home run. Okay, but Colorado this year did not have a pick in the first Now They won the cup. So you, would you give up winning the cup if you didn't have a pick in the first five rounds? I probably would myself. Oh, I, I, well, sir, look
1: at but- the Leafs, spawn. Back in the day before the cap, they used to give up their picks all the time because they didn't need them. They could just buy who they wanted. And now here we are in the cap system, and they're still giving up their firsts all the time. They still, now they're giving up first to get rid of bad contracts, right, with Marlow, with Marazic. So you're absolutely right. Like there is a balance here. Sure, you're going to trade some draft picks, but you've got to still keep the pipeline alive here. And and there is, you know, I'm looking at their defense. If they can't find a snarly defenseman that we're talking about here, how about Marcus Nieminen? Right, he's a hard hitting snarly defenseman. I like him a whole bunch. He could play for this team, and I suspect that he will. Uh, you know, you got Hall- you got Holloway coming in your lineup this year, a, a left winger that's looking like a really good player. You got Broberg coming in your lineup this year, so yeah, you know, you can't can't win on UFA day. You got to win on draft day too, and Holland's managed to.
0: Be pretty good on both fronts. Well, and the fans, I mean, we talked about Josh Anderson's spec, and I told you that Montreal's first ask would be for Xavier Borgo. And the fans were like, There's no way you can trade Xavier and hey, a year from now we might be talking about Xavier Borgo as the third line right wing on this team. I think Maybe. he's gonna need some time in the farm. Uh and, and then they got Schaefer, who's a completely different type of player, but two years from now, you know, a year back in Seattle, a year in the minors. Couple of, like and and these are important pieces because they come in on the ALCS and you mentioned those tough defense. One of Nima Liner or, or Day Harnay or Sam Marukoff has to make it for Edmonton, and especially Nima Line and Day Harnay have a little bit of bite. Now I don't know uh, neither guy can you know is no one's going to mistake those guys for Cade McNally, who's a hard nosed. Tough kid, out of major junior that loved to fight and had guys scared. Or Onobuchi, who the Flames had at the rookie tournament a couple of years ago to camp. We're not talking guys like that, but we're talking guys that are big, rangy, physical men that take up a lot of ice. You know, those guys have a chance. So that's that's exciting for Edmonton. Uh, well, the junior player isn't the same as he used
1: to be. They don't right. fight in junior barely. So don't think you're you're bringing in, you know, Dave Manson in his. As a 20-year-old, right? that player doesn't exist anymore. The tough player now just plays physical. They might fight once a year, uh, but they're a presence. And to me, Neymar is a presence. We watch Nima Leinen stepping up on guys. The other team's heads are on a swivel when Neymar Leinen's playing and that's the guy you want in your team.
0: Mark, right now the orders have Nurse and Cece, Kulak and Bouchard, Broberg and Barry, and yes, those are the pairings I'd go with Samarukov and Deharnay, Nimalainen and Kemp, Cuckoo and Kesseling. Um, those are 12 contracted defensemen. And then they got a couple guys in the HL called us and Darian Kielb who played last night was probably the best defenseman on the ice. Those guys are, are going to be guys on AHL deal. So they've got 12 guys in their NHL. I would probably add a 13th. That was, if it was me, I'm not sure the Oilers will. And part of that is because of the LTIR invoked in, uh, off season, yeah. that there might be some carriage that would, and I'm going to get, uh, Hart Levine to explain that coming up at, uh, one today. Um, but I do think they're going to sign a couple forwards. Do they need to sign a forward with a little bit of bite? You tell me.
1: Well, they do, Bob, but you know, holy man, like, I'm looking at the list of guys here, and I'm not seeing, you know, Richie, I don't mind Brett Richie, right? He's got some size and some bite. 4th line player, don't mind him. But you're looking at guys like Riley Nash and Cali Yarncroke, you know, the guy I like, uh, I always liked uh, Janmark. Uh, I was most Janmark. Believe-
0: you got to stop talking to Hitch. What's that? He, he likes that time time.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, no, this isn't coming from itch. I'm just looking at the list. But I'm not seeing Tyler Mott and Aston Reese. I'm looking at guys that that uh, they can all play. They're all legit four-flying guys. But I guess I'm not seeing a, a, a Zach Cassian replacement among that group. No. Are you?
0: No. Well, I'm not yeah, seeing a speak, guy, Bob. Speaking of Zachs, Zach Sanford was making $2 million a year last year. He just signed for 850k in Nashville. The, really? the money is not out there for guys the way they thought the money was out there. That's right. all. it's all there is to it. So Yarn Croak's probably thinking he can get two million a year. Maybe he can. Johan Larson's
1: probably the probably, way he played for Calgary. Holy man.
0: Uh, Johan Larson's probably thinking he can get you know one seven five somewhere. You know, probably a decent fourth line center. Not sure that's going to happen. Yanmark's probably thinking I can get two. Don't know if it's going to happen. Richie. Richie's probably an $800,000 player right now, Spec.
1: Well, I mean, that's the Richie that flamed out in Toronto, correct?
0: No, no, that's not. A, he's still in Arizona. No, that's he, the Richie. he has you a year left the of two and a half. Yeah, the Richie in Calgary. The
1: Richie in Calgary, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, I listen, you know how the cap works. Everyone's spending their money and spending it fast. Some of these names that we're talking about right here are going to end up on PTOs, and that's just a fact. We see it every year. So the the fourth line guy making two million bucks, if he's that good, he's getting signed in the next day or two. If he's sitting out there two weeks from now, he's not getting two million bucks anymore, pal.
0: All right, Mark, uh, we were talking about horror movies earlier with Louie. I'm trying to think, of, oh, we were talking about Salem's Lot. So we were talking about David Soule, who was on uh, Starsky and Hutch. David Soul. We yeah. Going back, though. Well, we were, yeah, I don't know how the heck it, oh, uh, <laughs> we are talking about the Raiders. And then I, for, I was like, oh, the Raiders. Oh, yeah, I remember the running back for the Raiders. His dad was in Starsky and Hutch. Uh, and that was Justin Vargas was the running back. And then it made me think of David Soule, which brought us to Salem's Lot. Do you have a scariest movie of all time?
1: Uh i it's hard to pick a scary yes I'll tell you one that was I found one of the most disturbing would have been hostile. I thought hostile was very disturbing
0: um, remember hostel Bob did you watch hostel was that, was hostile the relationship between Mark Spector, uh, Jim Atheson, and Louis debraska. <laughs>
1: Those, <laughs> those American college kids that went to Slovakia. Oh, yeah, I heard about girls that. Girls and ended up in a factory where tourists came and chopped people up into pieces. Oh. It was. It is a disturbing movie. Hostel, pal. Uh, they they were living in a hostel and they met these girls and they, um, so that was scary, and the old Freddy Krueger franchise. I'll tell you what; those kids kept going down that furnace room. I could never figure out why.
0: Well, I, you know, <laughs> our buddy Brendan Ulrich, who produced this show for four years, uh, he had some pretty legendary tales about Hostel. But let's just say his experiences were a little bit more uh, beneficial to he and his friends. Uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Good, Well done, Brendan. All right, great stuff. Speck, uh, you're with us all summer. We'll mention that uh, Horse Racing Alberta has extended their contract carrying forward, so uh, we're going to continue down that path and uh, uh, try to, you know what, are you you heading, are you already at the lake, Speck? I'm already at the lake, and it's blazing hot out here today, pal. Well, have a seven up for me and, uh, you know, maybe do some waterboarding or something. Sounds good. Waterboarding is a form of torture, but I might do some uh, surfing or something like that. I'll probably I'm will probably i well aware that waterboarding is a form of torture, <laughs> and some people would suggest listening to you and me is a somewhat similar experience. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Take care. See you later. See you later. Uh, Waifboarding, waterboarding, you know, hey, if you want, just as an FYI, just to throw that out there right now at 126 in Edmonton, There is a documentary on Netflix about D.B. Cooper. I did not know this. The only unsolved skyjacking in history, some 50 years later. Incredible story. We'll take a quick time out. It's 126 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. There we go. That's better. That's what it's supposed to sound like for me. Okay, uh, do you want to mention to you, Mark Spector's appearances are brought to you by The Horses, Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live Third Racing Friday and Saturday, Century Mile Racetrack. Parking and admission are free. For more information, visit thehorses.com. We will also tell you all season long yes, that was uh, the page turning. Uh, you can uh, hear the Orders Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown they're the best. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with David Bowles, and when we come back in Oilers Now, Hart Levine will join us from Puckpedia. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.